Hello, everyone. I hope you all are having an amazing day, and I would like to let you know on this amazing day that I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash matthewdonald. There you can find bonus content for both my shows, The Rit, Wit, and Paleobites. For the Paleobites bonus content, we discuss pop culture featuring prehistoric animals, and this month we're talking about... Let's see, what did they say we're talking about this week? Let me just look at the... Let me look at the list here. Uh, Megazoic! My own book series! Wow, I must have really run out of ideas. That's not true. We got plenty of other dinosaur pop culture to talk about, but I thought this time we'd do something a little different. And don't worry, it's not me reviewing my own book. That would be biased and unprofessional. Of course not. No, I've got two other people to do it. People who are very unbiased and are willing to give their professional opinion on my book series. So, <laughs> yeah, it's great. We all have a good time. Link is in the description before you can sign up to the Patreon. Thank you for your support and have a lovely day. Ugh. Having people pay to listen to review, that is an ad for my own work to make people pay for that. Capitalism, baby! Roar. Growl. Snarl. Bellow. Welcome to Paleobites, the podcast with the ambition of a drunken stegosaurus. My name is Matthew Donald, and each week I and a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genius of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week, I'm joined by someone who we were just talking about a certain stegosaurus for an older version of my story. It's Ben O'Regan. G'day, everyone. I felt like knocking off the Hello. Aussies by saying that, given what we're talking about. <laughs> good day, everyone, yeah. Mind you, I think Kiwis say good day, too. <laughs> Well, like, as long as you don't say, like, putting a shrimp on the barbie, because they don't actually say that. <laughs> That's an American thing. They do. My uncle says that. Say. Oh, really? Well, I, I think the Americans might have invented it then. Like, And the Australians are like, if that's what you think we say, okay, we'll start saying Oh, get out, mate. We're putting a shrimp on the barbie, put some flip-flops on my jandals. Right, right. <laughs> I've recently learned that Australian slang, this is not American slang. I only realized that this is not American slang. When they say rooting, they mean, you know, banging, like having sex with, um... Uh, so apparently that's Australian slang because I was doing an episode of my other podcast, The Ritwit, where we're talking about like how to get your readers to root for your characters, like rooting for your heroes, rooting for your villains. And when my my co-host, you know, kept saying rooting interests, I'm like, oh, rooting interests, like they want to have sex with them. Oh, like, like, rooting what? for is and cheering them on. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, slang exactly. here. Yeah. Root as well. I think it's a Brit thing. That. Exactly. So like, but 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 my co-host, you know, he was like, "What?" And I'm like, "That's that was yeah. oh okay, I guess it's just slang." Some it's not American slang. While so. we're talking about that, um, I can't say one of the words because it's a see you next Tuesday word. Like you know the word. Oh, of I, I I think it's so yeah I know that word. I think it's so funny how liberally Australians and Brit British people use yeah. it. <laughs> and New Zealanders. Funny. That's actually I was getting to see here. If um someone says the c word to you. Like, say, oh, that guy's a good C word, or just, you know, just want to make sure this doesn't get any monetized. It's, um, or Ben, whatever. Um, that's, that's a compliment. It's like, yeah. um, uh, if Australian oh, yeah, no, says like... to you, listen here, mate. <laughs> no, I get that. Ooh, you're about to get stabbed or something. No, no, I get, th I get <laughs> that. But no, I think it's funny how much they use a C word. But, and that's why I bring this up because I'm. <laughs> <sighs> but I just think this is so funny. <laughs> so I was listening to this Australian podcast, and mm. they were talking about this one Australian comedian had this gig. He actually had a gig in Afghanistan at for the U.S. soldiers at oh, the camp. Oh, at the military. Just trying to sell it. At the, he's doing. He's at the military camp. He's doing comedy for the soldiers. And the general went to this Australian comedian and said, "Hey, you know, you can joke about whatever you want, but just don't say the c word. We don't." take kindly that word as well as you guys do because you I guys mean, consider it really vulgar don't you it's like the worst word 
like the worst word here. It is like worse than the F word because like people have used it in misogynistic ways. It's it's one of those words you don't say. So hold on here. Watch as I tell this story and get canceled here. Keep it in mind if I ever go to the US so I don't get my head kicked in. <laughs> so uh, he said, don't use the C word. And he's like, okay, I won't use the C word. And so he goes up on stage, Australian comedian, goes to soldiers, and the immediately, immediately he says, all right, so this <laughs> said I couldn't say the word. <laughs> what a <laughs> am I right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of Heath Franklin, whatever his name is. He's an Australian or might be a Kiwi comedian because he does comedy there in Tia. Pretty sure it's yeah. Aussie. He impersonate Aussie killer and criminal Mark Brandon Chopper Reed, if you've ever heard of him. Yeah. And one of his ones is like, Chopper's automatic <laughs> counter. And he can only say it 15 times and then he gets bleeped. And it's actually funny at once they start bleeping him. It's just like, FFFFFFFF, beep, beep, beep. Like, there's a bit where he's like, what? It's a bleeping <laughs> swear word. <laughs> uh, swear words are funny. They only have power if you give them power. Yeah. Obviously, except for slurs. And that's the problem with the, with yeah. the C word in America. Like, it's generally regarded as a slur. A lot, a lot of the places is it's not. Probably because um, it's used to refer to female genitalia on occasion. Yeah, exactly. But, I don't know, calling someone a dick is fine, so I don't know. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. But, <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah. Um, uh, my bad for... A, being a motor mouth, I generally... No, 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 it's fine. I think it's funny. This encourages intelligent discourse. Yeah. Well, I remember the studies that say, like, if you swear a lot, you're less intelligent, and then there's ones that say if you swear a lot, it's actually a sign of being intelligent. <laughs> it is. Like, I've actually heard, the, the study I've heard is that if you swear a lot, you're more honest. And that makes way more sense, because you're, by being unfiltered, you're unfiltered. <laughs> so... Yeah. Probably also how it's the type of work I do. I'm a laborer. There's a lot of guys here that yeah. swear like sailors. Yeah, so speaking of Aussies, and like, I guess I'm going to say like Aussie, like Aussie slang, but not really like Aussie slang. <laughs> we're talking... Aussies, uh, mate! Yeah, we're talking about... Oh, God, this one's so difficult for me to... So difficult Lee Ellen Asora. Lee Ellen Asora. It means Lizard of Lee Ellen. <laughs> or Lee Ellen's Lizard. Yeah, Lee Ellen's Lizard. Like, named after the daughter of two paleontologists who discovered it. Aww. Hmm. Uh, most famous for being and walking with dinosaurs and for discoveries afterwards that it actually had feathers or proto fluff exactly uh so type it changes a ton but currently it's classified as an elasmarian a group of gondwanian ornithopods with many former members of the hypsilophodont family a group hmm. now considered invalid because science changes all the time that's what makes it science and that's beautiful hmm. pluto's now a planet guys and that's a good thing so get over it <laughs> so Pluto is a planet, and anyone who says otherwise, I will send you to Pluto. Ah, send me to Pluto. It's not a planet. Ah, just joking. I honestly don't care. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's funny how people are like, oh, but Pluto, I feel so bad for Pluto. Like, Pluto doesn't care. <laughs> it's the same hunk of rock it has been for the last four billion years. Yeah. I just think sometimes of how people can be super obsessed over classification, this is a bit hypocritical coming from me, given how... I can be quite memorable of things like, you know, feudal titles and stuff like that, given my interest right. in the Middle Ages and things. But, like, sometimes it just seems like someone at NASA just had a stick up their bottom was really funny about the classification. So, uh, size 3 feet, size 0.9 meters long, over 2 feet of which was its tail alone. Hmm, its tail was very long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, diet herbivore, uh, time early Cretaceous, 113 to 110 million years ago. Location, Australia, and subsequently, according to Walking Dinosaurs, Antarctica, because the two were pretty closely connected. Uh, yeah, well, they, they were, were connected. Still, they were still they were one still continent con back then. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like how like I know that like people like different creatures are found on different places of uh, different continents. They're not all found on the same part of the continent. But it's kind of funny when people you know in Pangaea times, like oh, Platyosaurus <laughs> was in Europe and Coelophysis was in Arizona. They could never meet. I'm like they could. <laughs> it's the same damn continent. I mean, like, yeah, there are different habitats per continent and different natural barriers that block things. But the thing about a supercontinent is that once you get inland, it's pretty much all the same biome. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, deserts, so, um, the odd mountain, and then river valleys and stuff. Exactly. So not not really much to block the creatures from walking to and fro. Uh, anyway, so uh, especially in the no, Triassic, which while it had a lot of fauna turnover in the early, middle, and late periods of it, like the early early Triassic's pretty much Permian recovery. Then you get turnover with the ancestors of dinosaurs and Rastukians and stuff, and then you get the actual late Triassic where dinosaurs, pythosaurs, and so on. But right, exactly, um, it like, was way like... that aside. It was way more habitable than the middle and late Permian. That place was a freaking death zone even before the Great Dying. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And, like, um, also, like, it's funny because, like, people say, oh, the dinosaurs lived in the Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous. And I guess that's true. They lived in that. They did not rule except for the Jurassic and the Cretaceous. Mm. Like, the Triassic, they were there, but only in the in the late Triassic, and they did not rule. Mm. <laughs> they were – we talked about this off air, but, yeah. The that's why their reign is often shown as 150 million years or so because it's the, dry, the Cretaceous and um, Jurassic. It doesn't really count the Triassic. It counts parts of the Triassic, but yeah, hmm. like, I don't even think, like, Platyosaurus was the biggest Triassic animal. I think there was, like, a, a Poposaurian or, or a Ryosuke called Silosuchus that was, like, 40 feet long. <laughs> and even then, dinosaur-wise, it wasn't the biggest dinosaur. We already had um some early sauropods that would lead to, like, true sauropods. I think, what, a Cenosaurus or something? What, yeah, small yeah, yeah. by Jurassic standards, but still pretty big animal. Right. Anyway, so speaking of which, uh, speaking of, actually not speaking of that at all, speaking, instead of a Triassic big animal, let's talk about Cretaceous small animal. So it was described in 1989, pop culture appearances, Walking with Dinosaurs had it as its main character in its fifth episode, which is by far its most famous appearance. It also appears in the Stephen Baxter book Evolution and Ark Survival Evolved. Hmm. Um, so yeah. Uh, and countless so, Minecraft mods and mods for the first Triassic uh, World oh, Evolution. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh... So dinosaurs weren't always in jungles. I mean, then again, the environment that Leonosauria lived in was kind of a jungle, but just a polar one. So I should specify that dinosaurs didn't always live in hot jungles. Then again, it could get pretty hot there in the summer on sunlight, muggy atmosphere. So I should specify that dinosaurs didn't live in hot jungles 100% of the time. Yeah. As in the winter, oh boy! Yeah, it definitely froze over and got very dark in some areas. Maybe not to the far northern part of Oz, but definitely yeah, like well, the like, south this was... now. This was found in, like, uh, I think Queensland, which is, I think, the southern part. Oh, no, Victoria's the southern part, so... Yeah, Queensland's uh, the north, um, you, um, Victorian, that, um, I think, uh, down south, because you got, like, New South and stuff. I have to double-check my knowledge Aussie states. Hold on, hold on. I, I, get, I know a lot of Aussie cities, because, again, I listen to a lot of Australian podcasts, um, but, uh, so, like, Melbourne and Perth and Adelaide and... Uh, so, yeah, Queensland's um, the east coast and the north. Then you have Northern Territory and then Western Australia and Western Australia. South oh, Australia, oh. directly south of the Northern Territory. Then you have New South Wales and Victoria at the very bottom. Then you have Tasmania. Okay. And okay, then you've so got I... the ACT, Australian Capital Territory, but who the hell counts that? 
<laughs> All right, so I apologize. It was found in Dinosaur Cove, which is in Victoria, Australia. So it's in very South Australia. So there's a ah, picture right. here of it's like it's on the more southern part of Australia. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's Minmi and Musclebarosaurus out of Queensland, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think that one's in Queensland. Hold on, let me check. <laughs> All right, Musclebarosaurus yeah. was found in Australia, northeastern Australia. So yeah, in Queensland. Yeah. So, so worth pointing out, just because we know a lot about dinosaurs, you more than me, since you keep more up to date than I, but it doesn't mean we remember everything off by heart. <laughs> I actually, one of the reasons why I started this show was so I could learn more. I, was, I learned a lot when doing research for this show. Like, that's hmm. that's kind of the cool thing about it. Anyway, so uh, Australia is much further south back in the Cretaceous than it is now, to the point that the southern half was well within the Antarctic Circle. As Leonosaur was far too small to migrate, it would have to ride out the winters every year, and therefore it had to be adapted to the cold. This means a lot of scientists believe Leonosaura to be fully warm-blooded, like the birds and bird relatives, the dromaeosaurs and truodontids. Hmm. Especially backed up by the feathers or proto-feathers that it's been found to have. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and like, uh, has it been found to have those, or has it just been speculated? I think it's been found to, or it could be this because I know there was Tiny Long from like um, 15, 16 years ago, which was one of the first feathered ornithopods found um, outside of, you yeah, know, the yeah. quills on, yeah. um, what do you call it, Psittacosaurus, and um, it's affecting yes, it... paleontology circles, especially the ones who do like speculative reconstructions of animals like um, the dinosaur, field guide the dinosaurs, or people that speculate what yeah. if they didn't die and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I don't think Leonosaur itself, I mean, I could be wrong, I don't think it has evidence of feathers itself, but definitely its relatives has, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, It's uh, quite likely, in all honesty, especially if it had to slumber through X amount of time, it's hard to do when you're scaly. Right, exactly. Like, uh, like without feathers, conserving heat would have been quite difficult, especially for such a small creature. Not technically hmm. impossible, as the scales could have been thick like a crocodile's, but evidence hmm. of Ornith Ornithian feathers thus far, like you said, there was a few of them, but mostly it's quite rare. The closest, some of the biggest examples would be, like you said, about Satakasaurus, those weird bristle things. Like, Yeah, I think it's generally safe to assume that for a lot of ornithischians, especially the big hadrosaurs, when they get older, unless there's evidence otherwise, that most of them were secondarily featherless or fluffless with some keeping I know, it like his breeding features and things are on the young. I know that like I know that some have speculated, hypothesized is probably the more accurate term because there's no mm. evidence for it. It's just a, that Pachyrhinosaurus had a thick feathery coat like a muskox. I've seen artwork for that and it's very cool. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, I can fully believe that, especially when uh, it's likely that the northernmost um, Tyrannosaurus and other animals were probably insulated. Exactly. Like, and you that's probably why I like, find that it's a lot like with animals like um, whales and elephants and stuff outside of mammoths where um they actually do have here just for the most part it's so fine and coarse that you don't really or you, well, know, the species, reason you don't why, really see it well that's the reason why the reason why elephants don't have hair is because not only are they big but they're also in a hot place mammoths but even big, then but they do actually place. have it it's just very very fine right and and that's actually the reason why like uh the giant ground sloths were likely similarly like hmm. scantily haired like so in terms of Leonosaur, it probably had feathers. It was probably warm-blooded. Like, actually, no, it was almost certainly warm-blooded. But yeah, dinosaurs uh, like, in general warm-blooded, although for the biggest sauropods, they might have been either all like where they could switch to a cold-blooded metabolism of sorts, like where um, their sheer size kept them warm. But if they were in a cold climate, right. they could probably switch to, well, you know, like, standard warm-blooded. Like most things, like warm blood and cold blooded, is not just this or that. It's a spectrum. A lot of the big dinosaurs thus far, the theory is that they're mesothermic, which is a state between warm and cold blooded. Yeah, that's so, what I would have been thinking of. I just don't know all the terms. 
Yeah, well, Mesothermic, it's easy to remember because, like, Meso means middle. Like, Mesozoic is between the Cenozoic and the Paleozoic and Mesoamerica. Hmm, and Neozoic and all that. So, uh, yeah, Mesothermic. But no, it's Cenozoic, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure what Ceno means, but I know Meso means middle because Mesozoic, Mesoamerica, and Mesothermic. So, um... You notice that we don't actually get to calling most of the um, geological ages, actual ages, until um, after the KT barrier, like Eocene or Dawn Age? Oh, no, they existed. We just, uh, who, who can be bothered to remember all of them? No, like, but what I mean because... is we actually don't use the word scene or age in them until the 65 million year boundary. That's true, because, like, what is it, like, the Mississippian and the Californian or, like, those parts of the, of yeah. the Carboniferous? Like, hmm, but yeah, generally you got names like Carboniferous or Dras- Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, well, like, well, like the, those are the the epochs, the ages, yeah. like the, the the periods where the I think it's the Paleogene and the Neogene are the yeah. are the periods. So the scene, or whatever the heck we're in now, the Quaternary or whatever. I, I th- is it the Quaternary now? Because I know Tertiary is outdated. Or is it the so. Anthropocene? Oh, that's that's another epoch, and again, we could be the Anthropocene or the Holocene. That's a whole debate. Um, yeah. Anyway, so like a lot of things, it's a spectrum. Like more mesothermic is the thing, and sort of like how yeah, birds are warm-blooded, but like it's a different type of warm-blooded compared to like an ostrich versus say a hummingbird. Mm. <laughs> a hummingbird is like hyper warm-blooded. <laughs> well, yeah, it has to be a fact because of how active it is. I mean, they're what they beat. They're basically they, avian bugs. Yeah, I know they buzz their wings like insects. It's kind of freaky <laughs> like, because like there's bone in that. How do they do that? Like, <laughs> but uh, so I don't want to know. <laughs> anyways, it's all that nectar, all that sugar. And they live like a year, <laughs> so. Uh, but uh, really, do they short lived? Uh, or, or I don't know. I'm assuming that's how long. Well, it makes sense. So, I mean, mice are hyperactive, and so are rats, and they don't live very long. No, they don't. Remy's restaurant in Ratatouille has got like a year tops before he dies, and then he's, he's got to hope another rat takes it over. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> all right. So. Uh, that's a surprisingly wholesome movie, um, I, Ratatouille. I know, it's it is. very different from your usual Pixar thing where they usually have some kind of struggle or emergency. There isn't really one in Ratatouille. I mean, it's like, prove yourself to be a good artist and get the mean critic on your side. Uh, but, all right, so in terms of feathers, though, like, it's probably likely they had feathers. Because, <laughs> like, like, at first we're like, oh, only certain dinosaurs had feathers. Only the Solarosaurs really had feathers. But, like, now we're finding more and more things with feathers. And also we have found some pterosaurs with feathers as well. Not just the <laughs> pectofibers that we already know they have. Actual feathers. Oh, they actually had actual feathers. Yeah, some of them had actual feathers. So that suggests that feathers originated from the same archosaur ancestor that evolved into both dinosaurs and pterosaurs. That would mean dinosaurs and pterosaurs split um, a lot closer together than um, crocodiles. And I think that is. I think cro- that is correct. Yeah, because I think. Yeah, I think. Pteros- Unless crocodiles have secondarily lost them. Yeah. No. Pterodo- no. I think. Ter- no. Pterosaurs and dinosaurs are more closely related than dinosaurs and crocodiles. Although that does mean that that uh, it does make sense though, because a lot a lot of what we look back on as mammal-like reptiles and now just known as synapsids. Synapsids. They're not really reptiles stuff, at all. Um, yeah. So. A lot, yeah, a lot of them, even though they're still reptile-like, they're now depicted with fur because mammals had it very far back. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if the Metrodon was um, fluffy to a degree. Well, it's like, not even, like, fluffy, like, it, it doesn't have scales like some places depicted. It had, like, skin, furless, well, it had skin, like an elephant skin. Yeah. So, uh, and, like, hmm. um, also, like, yeah, because, like, no, uh, birds are, and, yeah, no, 
dinosaurs and pterosaurs are very close away, which means <laughs> like when people like people when people say like oh pterodactyls are either dinosaurs or they're birds, it's like well you know they're not far. Birds are the closest modern relatives of pterosaurs, <laughs> so and in a way, because cladistics and all that, are, you know how we classify things is, but we're like technically we're all fish and all fish are technically, um, you know, yes bacteria at the end of the day because of the way yeah, it works exactly well the but, um, cladistically yeah, speaking dinosaurs are more birds than pterosaurs just in terms of closeness oh no they wise. are but in terms of yeah but also since crocodiles are another type of archosaur uh like birds hmm. are and lizards and snakes and turtles aren't that means that technically crocodiles are more closely related to birds than they are to lizards you know going back to what i said about crocs i actually wouldn't be surprised if um the early proto crocs were feathered um Oh. Or had proto feathers and lost them because we know that um, pheropods do seem to have definitely lost feathers or had them reduced. Because look at the um, abelosaurids and the lions that led to them. They're like, especially Carnotaurus, we know they had bony, skewy skin like a crocodile or an ankylosaur. Right, exactly. And, and like, I think it's easier to first evolve a thing and then lose it rather than like evolve it thing independently. Like,. I think that makes more sense. Also, crocodiles are... Well, it's much easier to lose eyes into a vol Exactly, exactly. But, like, also, crocodiles, you know, especially prehistoric ones, are quite varied. Like, the ones, like the aquatic mm. ones, like Metriorhynchus and Dacosaurus, they don't even have the armor skin at all. They're basically smooth, like a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, they're a lot more like ichthyosaurs. Yeah, but they're crocodiles, and that's just so weird to me. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're probably varied. Who knows? Maybe one of them had feathers. One of the, Some of them had sails, too, like Arizona sucus. <laughs> Like, ah, yes. Yeah, and some of them, like, were on two legs, like, Silosuchus and other stuff. So, yeah, so Lineosaur had feathers and it was warm blooded, but other adaptations for the harsh winters Leonosaur had included large eyes, which aided in low light conditions. Mm. And it looks like it had widely splayed toes, a bit like animals that live in, um, like, you know, their feet go snowshoe like so that they can spread out over the ice better. Right, right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, one last thing to end on, though, before we rate it 1 out of 65 million. Lianosaura is one of a small handful of dinosaurs that end in Sora, rather than the more common Saurus. Like Myasaura. Yeah, exactly. This is because Sora uh, is the feminine form of the Greek suffix, while Saurus being the masculine. Uh, like like Myasaur, which means good mother lizard. And since Leonosaurus is named after the daughter of the paleontologist who described it, it ends with that female suffix. Hopefully they do that then if, like, that thing recently where they're talking about splitting T-Rex into three genre, Tyrannosaurus Rex, um, yeah, Tyrannosaurus Regina, and Tyrannosaurus Imperator. Yeah. That should probably be Tyrannosaurus Regina. <laughs> that, that's true. Another recent example to this is La Quinta Sora, which means lizard of the La Quinta formation. Which, Haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's it's a South American one, and the and the la part of the name indicates the female form as well. So, oh yeah. So let's rate this one out of sixty five million. I'm gonna give it like I'm gonna give it like a like a forty three million. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, forget the pun because it looked yeah. in a cool place. I'll probably give it a sixty five million just because we don't know of all that many polar dinosaurs. Yeah, you're just giving out sixty five millions left and right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do I actually give it out a lot? Yeah, you, yeah, you do. But, or I don't know if you do. I don't, who knows? Right, I'll I'll rate it um, maybe fifty million since it is a small one. Nah, million. don't let me peer pressure. If you want to give six, if you want to do sixty-five, I'm just making fun. Uh, but yeah, I've always seen ratings as arbitrary for the most part. Oh, Either no. something's good or it's not. Oh no, it is arbitrary. In fact, I encourage people to make jokes. Like my friend of the show, Laura Owsley, ignores the rating system constantly. She's like, I'm going to rate this seven zebras. 
And I'm like, okay. Out of what? She's like, just seven zebras. I'm like, okay. Zebras? So she, like, completely ignores the rating scale, and it's very funny. <laughs> so... And apologies if we didn't talk about this at Lee Allen Asora too much in this one. There actually isn't all that much to talk about with it at the end of the day. No, no, it's... I mean, this show has always been, like, an introduction mm. to, to dinosaurs rather than, like, mm. a full-fledged, like, deep dive. So... So True. yeah, uh, but all right. Well, that's it for this week. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact me at matchd at matthewdoncreator For any general questions to either co-host, you can follow me on social media at matthewdoncreator on Facebook, at matthewdon64 on Twitter, and matthewdon64 on Instagram. I have a book series on Amazon, Megazoic, available for print and Kindle. Um, Make sure you read it. Have, yes, exactly. I might have used the Leonosaur once as like a background character. You definitely like, use it in the old versions that I used to read over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so it's not just used because most people don't seem to realize. Not only is there the term stock dinosaurs like T. Rex, Velociraptor, and that, but most dinosaurs, well known in popular culture, tend to actually be North American and not just North American, but West Coast animals. Oh yeah, because like uh, the Appalachian side—that's that, yeah. so rare. Fossils are so rare hmm. there. There's one like Dryptosaurus, and like that's it. <laughs> Yeah, and then you'd be hard-pressed to name many others unless you like dressing and stuff, but when it comes to Lake Cretaceous, it's all pretty much West Coast animals. Exactly. Go to Alberta, stub your toe, and it's probably a fossil. <laughs> like, yeah, they're granted, everywhere. Granted, Hell Creek Floor and Fauna are pretty wicked. They are. They really are. And for people that listen to the tangent parts of this, if you actually enjoy the tangents, especially the bits that we leave in, since some of it gets cut for obvious reasons due to length and so on, yeah. make suggestions to Matt about what you want me to rant about, and I'll see if I can make an entertaining rant. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I would like to hear an entertaining rant from you. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for this week. As I said, at the end of every episode of Paleobites, uh, good night, mate. <laughs> good night, people. Welcome to Oz again in the morning. Oh, great, that sounded South African. What the hell? Who knows? All right. All right, bye.